Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. chapter number 10, the book of Romans, the 10th chapter. Let's remember our services this evening. We're going to have another great time in the Lord this evening and looking forward to what God has for us. But we're not through here today. Amen. I wonder if we couldn't allow the Spirit of God to challenge us a little bit here this morning and uh, to challenge our faith. I want my faith to be strengthened. And I know that, that God's Word and through the hearing of God's Word as we're going to read this morning is how that that happens. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved realize there's a lot of denominal folks that take that one verse of Scripture, extract it, build a whole doctrine on it, that that's all that it takes. But if you just simply read on, you'll understand that it does take more than that. It takes obedience to the gospel. And that if you really have faith and you really believe in the Lord, that you will be obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the death, burial, and resurrection, repentance, Baptism in Jesus' name and the unfilling of the Holy Ghost. Verse 14, how then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, or Isaiah, saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. Lord, who hath believed our report. Who's believed the message that you've given to me. Isaiah the prophet. God given the message and he feeling inspired to deliver that message. Who hath believed our report was the question. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I want you to note something here. It does say, and how shall they preach except they be sent? But before that it says, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? It didn't say whom they have not seen whom they have not heard. Amen. God's going to challenge us here today. And then in verse 16, Lord, who hath believed our report? Who's believed the message that God has delivered and God has revealed? When God gives us a message, it's up to us to respond to it and to believe it and have faith to receive that word from God. Do you believe that? Praise the Lord. And so I want to preach by the help of the Lord here this morning, who hath believed our report? Who hath believed 
our report. You believe God's going to help us here today? Let's pray that the Lord God of heaven would bless the remainder of this service here this morning and have his way in this house. Would you join with me in prayer? Jesus, we're praying in your name, that name that is higher and holier than any other. I pray that you would bless, that you would move, that you would anoint. God, that you would give us liberty to preach here today. I pray that we could receive the word. And I pray, God, that you would confirm your word with signs following. I pray you'd heal, that you would deliver, that you would fill somebody with your spirit here this morning. Whatever the need is, I pray that you would meet it. In Jesus' name we pray. And could the church say amen. Oh, let's say it like we mean it now. Amen. Oh, that's saying, let it be so. Praise God. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord again and give Him praise. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. We're living in a time when faith is certainly being challenged. It's being contradicted like never before in history. In the history of the church, I have certainly in my time of living for God, and I'm certain that others here that have lived for God even much longer or have had the Holy Ghost for a longer period of time can concur with my statements today that faith is being challenged. It's being contradicted. seems like things that even our nation was built upon are being contradicted. It's just flying in the face of people of faith. This generation says that they will believe it when they see it, that you've got to show me proof. I, I want to be able to see it with my own eyes. And I've even heard people make the brag, and perhaps you have, that I believe nothing that I hear and only half of what I see. You ever heard anybody say that? I believe nothing of what I hear and only half of what I see. This world is quick to display its doubt and its skepticism. And people want to see. Again, they want proof. I see nowadays, you know, I'm kind of always watching the trends of public speaking and even preachers, and I'm noticing more and more a trending towards, and I'm not against it, Matter of fact, we do it here a lot of times, but public speakers almost feel forced to use visuals, PowerPoints, and props, and etc. I am told that the eye gate retains nowadays ten times as much as the ear gate. Ten times as much. But God, in His infinite wisdom, has chosen a different method to get His message across. He chose the ear gate, and I read it to you this morning, that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the, of the Lord, or hearing by the word of God. And then in our scripture it says, how can they hear except they hear it from a preacher? It did not say, how can they see? It says, how can they hear? So let me remind you that, that God is interested in people that can receive the word of God. When it comes, when it's preached, when God and his anointing moves upon a man, gives him a message and this is the way and the method that God has chosen, 
to speak to us. And when that message is delivered, he is the mouthpiece. He is the oracle of God. And as God speaks through him, you're able to receive that word. And your faith is mixed with that word. And you believe on the report of the message that is given. And I believe that there's great things that can follow somebody having faith. Amen. And belief in God. Uh, we see an incident in the scripture that happened just after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus had shown himself alive to his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and the others. But there was one particular disciple that was left out of that group that had not seen Jesus yet. And Peter and John came to him and gave him the message or the report of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he made this statement. He said, I will not believe until I see the print of the nails in his hands. And I take my finger and press them into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. Now you've got to understand these men that had delivered this report to him was not just anybody. These were men that he had walked with that he knew for some three and a half years. People that he had been close to. He knew their character. He knew that these men were honest men. Men that had never lied to him, never told him an untruth. Yet he is questioning their integrity here and saying, I will not believe until I see it for myself. This tells you how powerful the spirit of doubt can be in the minds and hearts of people. This was Peter and John and others that were trying to convince him. You know, there's people in this room here today that I have known for quite a long time, and if you told me something today, I'd just be honest. I would believe you at your word. I wouldn't have to see it. If Brother Smith here told me something as a fact, then I would accept it as a fact, and I would receive it as a fact, and I would believe him at his word. If he told me something happened and I was not an eyewitness to it, I would never doubt that it had occurred or it had taken place, but I would simply receive him at his word. I have been a preacher here in this pulpit for 13 and a half years, and I trust that folks in this place, when I tell you something, especially something from the word of God, that you would be able to receive it simply by uh, the integrity of being here and walking before you and living a life before you and the example over these many years. But Thomas had a struggle. He had a difficulty believing even the words of Peter, James, and John as they came to report to him that Jesus is in fact alive. And so again, that underscores how powerful Doubt can be in the mind of a person and how that doubt can confront you. Even something that is good news, something that you want to believe. I'm certain that there was nothing that Thomas would have wanted to believe and accept any more than Jesus being alive. But there was something in his humanity and I believe that this demonstrates the spirit of doubt and unbelief that was in his mind that he was struggling with 
And the Bible says, fearful for their lives, they gathered in a certain room and they locked the door. But Jesus came through, transcended the wall into the place where they were because he was in his glorified state. And he, having heard, because he knows all things, having known what Thomas had said, looks to him and says with his hands outstretched, Behold the nail prints that is in my hands. Reach hither thy finger and touch them. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And the Bible says that when Thomas did this, that revelation came to him and he made a very powerful statement. He said, my Lord and my God. I'm going to tell you that's a very powerful one in the scripture right there. That gives you all the evidence that you need to know that there's only one God and his name is Jesus. He said, my Lord and my God. There was a revelation that came to him. He realized that this is more than just a mere man. First of all, he's walked through a wall. He's walked through doors that were shut and locked. He's came into this room. He's told me what I said to men that he was not an earshot to hear. And he has reached and showed me the nail prints and I've been able to throw thrust my hand into his side and feel the scar that is in his side and he said my Lord and my God I'm going to tell you God's got a way of making a believer out of us God's got a way of convincing us of his power, his ability his supernaturalness he has the ability to show it to us and reveal it to us never doubt what God is able to do, I don't care how dark it is, how discouraged you are how disappointed you've been, how long you've been asking, how long you've been praying about it, you need to believe God and his word because God as out of control as the circumstances of your life may seem he's still in control and he's still able to move he's still able to work and fulfill the promises that he has promised to his people he had told them that they are going to destroy this temple but in three days I'm going to raise it up it may seem impossible to man but what is impossible with man is not impossible with God because nothing is impossible with him and I want you to know at this moment, what the Lord in response said to Thomas, he said, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But blessed are they that have not seen, yet have believed. Because you've been able to feel and because you've been able to see with your very eyes because you've been able to detect me with your physical senses. You've believed. You, you have, you've had faith after the fact, after you have been proven, after you have seen and felt and touched. Then you believed. But blessed are they that have not seen, that have not been an eyewitness, that have never seen a miracle, but yet they believe that God is able to give a miracle that have never seen, uh, but they believe at the word of 
God that if God's word says it, amen, if it's preached from the pulpit of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that I'm going to stand on it, I'm going to believe it. That's the only evidence that I need. I don't have to be an eyewitness. I don't have to see God heal to believe God's a healer. I don't have to see God saved to believe he's a savior. I don't have to see God delivered to believe that he can deliver. I don't have to see God work to believe that he can work and that he is alive. But I can just hear the word of God. And faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. Some folks, they're, they're quick to believe other things. We, we don't have trouble believing bad news sometimes. And even evidence of the word of God where they believed an evil report. That's what the Bible says about those ten spies that came back and said we're not able. They said it's not just a bad report. It's an evil report. I'm going to tell you, doubt, when it gets a hold of a person, is a very evil thing. When doubt, when you get riddled by doubt and eaten up with doubt, it's like a disease that ravages you and you start questioning everything. You start down that line of question. You'll start questioning until you don't have anything left to question. You start pulling at little things and questioning little things about the Word of God and the things of God and there won't be anything left when you're all said and done. There won't be anything, no more rivals to pull because everything falls apart on you. But you have to believe Him at His Word. We're quick to believe bad reports. We're quick to believe sometimes evil reports or what's troubling in the world and what's going on that is bad. We, we, we can believe lies and we can believe slander and we can believe all of those things, but we have trouble sometimes believing God at his word, believing a good report. When a preacher stands up and says, God's able to save, your mind goes to that person that is so lost and so bound and so it seems spiritually crippled that they can never be whole. I'm here to tell you today that God's just not able to save some. He's able to save all. He's not just able to deliver some. He's able to deliver anybody. He's not just able to heal in certain areas and certain diseases and certain problems. He's able to heal every disease. I was listening to the radio yesterday and they're talking about some kind of super bug that has made its way to America that there's no antibody that can uh, is def a defense against it that can cure this, this certain problem that is attacking human beings and there's a case of it somewhere on the east coast and it's called a super bug in, anyway it's inoculated from all antibiotics and there's no way for us to kill it out or at least right now I'm going to tell you God is able to deal with situations that man cannot deal with He's able to heal in every need, in every physical malady, every disease. I don't care what, what comes down the pike or, or what the enemy comes up with. God's already got a defense for it. God is already there to meet the need in your life. Praise God. Praise God. You've got to believe him at his word. Praise God. And then... We also see in the Old Testament when Jesus, or rather when the Lord was moving his people into the promised land that they came and confronted very first of all the city of Jericho which was a walled city that it seemed could not be conquered 
And there was a little lady that lived on the wall of that city by the name of Rahab that these spies came to and she housed them and took care of them and they made a covenant with her and she simply said this. She said, we have heard about your God. We have heard about what happened at the Red Sea. We've heard about the miracles that has transpired and how that your God delivered the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. How that drowned the Egyptian taskmasters in the sea. We, we have heard about the miraculous power of your God to do great things. She had never seen it. She was a stranger. She was an outsider. She lived in a heathen culture, but she simply had heard about Jehovah. She simply had heard about the power of God and his ability to deliver his people. And she said, I believe that if he's able to do that for you, that he would save me and he would work for me. And they made a covenant with her. And out of all the people that lived in the city of Jericho, there was only one household that was spared. And that was the one that had the scarlet cord hanging from the window, Rahab's house. Because she believed. And I believe she turned into a missionary and she went out and tried to do everything she could to bring people into that place because this was the house of a blood covenant. This was the house of promise. This was the place, amen, that God had revealed that he was going to spare. Some people say, well, you folks think that you're the, you're the only ones. Uh, you, you folks think you're the only ones got the message right. You're the only one. Well, I'm just telling you, there is a house uh, that God has made a blood covenant with. There is a truth, uh, and there is a way, and there is a place uh, that you can be saved. That's not, my, that's not my words, but that's the word of God. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, praise God. I'm telling you, there is a place that a person, if they desire to, they can be saved. They can be be right with God. They can make it. They can be delivered from sin. And so when they came against that city, it was Rahab. And the faith that Rahab had, not only, not only did it deliver her back there in the book of Joshua, but it also, we see it all the way down in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith where you're reading about all of those patriarchs and the faith that they exhibited. Rahab's name is mentioned there. How did she get her name in lights? How did she get on the marquee? How did she get in that place with all of these other great patriarchs of faith? I'll tell you why. It's because she said, I don't have to see it. I can just believe the message that's been reported to me. If somebody told me that their God is able to do that, I believe that their God is able to do that. If somebody told me that their God is able to do great wonders, then I'm going to believe that their God is able to do great wonders. I wonder if there's somebody in this place that would believe that God is able, just as his word says that he is, that you would put off your doubt and that spirit of unbelief and say, God, I'm going to worship you this morning for what I know that you are, that you are a healer, that you are a savior, that you are a deliverer, that you are able to do great things in my life. Oh, yeah. 
I can't help but wonder. I can't help but wonder. Rahab was able to believe a heathen, a person that didn't know God, just heard. And it was just delivered to her the message. And she reached out and grasped a hold of that and received it, held on to it. But God couldn't get his own people to believe like Rahab believed. That's right. Forty years they were prolonged in that wilderness because of unbelief. His own people, if he could have got his own people to believe like Rahab, they could have been to this point 40 years sooner. But because of unbelief, because of doubt, because somebody came and described how thick the walls were and how tall the giants were and how, how many pestilence was in the land and how great the sons of Anak were, they, they simply doubted in their minds and they believed the evil report of the enemy that had been brought to them. And there was two other gentlemen, Caleb and Joshua, the only ones uh, that was able to go forth and see the promised land out of that generation because they said, we are well able to take it. Uh, if God has promised it, uh, that's all we need to hear. That's all we need to know. We can stand on that promise uh, and that sure word of God and it'll take us against every enemy we shall be a conqueror against every foe we shall be victorious through everything that comes against us we're going to come out on top because we're serving a living God that has never failed his people and you can trust him at his word Oh, I want to challenge somebody in this room today. You've received a word from God. You need to stand flat-footed on that word of God and say, Devil, I've made up my mind. I'm going to believe God instead of reports that I've received from others. I'm going to receive the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe what God has shown me and revealed to me. Hallelujah. Praise God. It was a little handmaiden girl down in Syria. Her master, Naaman, who was the captain of the host. Maybe she had never even had an opportunity to have a conversation with him because he was so important. But he contracted leprosy. And if you know anything about that, you know in the Bible times, the leprosy was the most dreaded of all diseases or maladies or sicknesses that a person could have. And I'm sure because of his elite status that he had went to whatever doctors or medical attention that could be given to him was all exhausted in trying to heal Naaman. And one day, I don't know if they was, she was in the bedroom folding clothes and Naaman's wife walks by. She's just dutifully doing her job. She's the handmaiden. She's the little servant girl. And she speaks up. She finally gets enough courage to speak up about it. And she said, I, I just wish my Lord, meaning my master, I, I just wish that he could have audience with a prophet that I know of in Israel by the name of Elisha. And that if he could just get to where Elisha is and if Elisha could pray over him, if Elisha could prophesy over him, this situation would be taken care of. And the wife, so desperate 
for answers. So desperate to see her husband saved from this disease that was going to take his life if something didn't happen. She had seen others that had contracted leprosy and how quickly they went down and how that they were basically banished from society, separated from their families, and how gruesome it was to watch them. Leprosy growing, first of all, in the extremities and then making its way throughout the body, destroying it one cell at a time. And, and she said, well, there's nothing to lose here. Maybe the message and the report that she's given to me is worth acting on. And she goes and tells Naaman, and thank God Naaman had enough gumption had enough about him to say, you know what? I've tried everything else there is to try. I may as well try this. And he said, wherever that prophet is, I'm going to find him. And he searched out where the prophet was. And I know a lot of times when we tell this story, we talk about his struggle of dipping in the Jordan seven times and how that he fought with that. He didn't want to do that. But the important thing to note is, is that he eventually did. That he did obey. And he did exactly what the prophet told him to do. I'm going to tell you, there's struggles within all of us sometimes to get beyond our flesh and beyond our pride and beyond our unbelief. There's always a struggle before there's going to be anything supernatural happen. There's always a struggle before you're going to get a breakthrough. There's always going to be a battle before you have a victory. But he struggled through all of that and he said, I'm just going to obey what the prophet said. But it all happened because he was able to hear and receive the report of a little old servant girl. It didn't matter whose mouth it came from. It didn't matter what it was and what status she had, but she, amen, told him the testimony of what God was able to do and he said, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to stand on that promise. I'm going to believe God for the miracle. Well, if such and such comes and prophesies over me, then I'll know it's from God. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's anointed and from the Lord, you need to say, God, I'm going to believe that report. I'm going to receive what God has for me. I am going to receive the answer. I'm going to stand in faith, and I'm going to believe God. I'm going to tell you, that's a lot better than the alternative. Dying in doubt's not an option. Dying in unbelief is not an option. I'm going to reach and grab a hold of faith, and I'm going to believe God. I ask you today, who has believed report. Is there anybody here that believes the report of the Lord? Is there anybody here that will stand and say, I'm going to believe God and his word? Away with unbelief. Away with doubt. I'm going to believe him and his word. Hallelujah. Why don't you throw up your hands and let's worship the Lord together right now. You can be seated. The Bible tells us because of his busyness of schedule and I think sometimes as much as we believe that Jesus was all God, we have to also believe that while he walked on the face of this earth, he was all man too. 
And if you've ever gotten hungry, you know that God in the flesh, that flesh grew hungry, had an appetite, weary, physically fatigued and exhausted at times. And the Bible says that he went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon, Mark chapter 7, to find a little reprieve and to be by himself and to recharge. And he would have no man know that he was there. And I find it very interesting that there was a little Syrophoenician woman that traveled to this area. The Bible said in verse 25, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him. Somebody had been telling her about the miracles. Somebody had been conveying to her, communicating with her about what Jesus was able to do and the miracle ministry that he had, how powerful he was able to move up on the lives of people. And she she heard of this and she acted on what she heard. She had never possibly seen a miracle. She had never laid eyes on Jesus. She had never, she had never seen the Lord's ministry at work, but she heard. There's no evidence that she was ever in one of those crowds where, where Jesus healed, but she heard the testimony of what Jesus was able to do. And she was so desperate and her daughter so bound and she went to where Jesus was and the Bible says that she fell at his feet and besought him that he would heal her daughter and Jesus at first was to turn her away and said let the children first be fed he said it's not meat to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs and instead of being insulted instead of being disappointed and discouraged with Jesus's words she said yes Lord but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the children's table amen even the dogs are able to lap up a few crumbs that fall on the floor and there uh, satiate their appetite. I'm here to tell you that she realized something that we need to realize today is when you've got your mind made up, when you're determined in your heart that you want God to move and you want God to work in a situation, there's something about that tenaciousness. There's something about that kind of faith that will refuse to be refused and deny to be denied that God, amen, is drawn to and attracted to somebody in this house. You've had faith. I'm telling you, you need to ramp it up. You need to realize that God is here to work. And if I can believe him and his word, that's all that he requires of me. That's all that he expects of me is simply to believe him at his word. Trust him at his word. She just heard it. Whose report are we going to believe today? Who hath believed our report, Isaiah said? When the message went forth, who was it that was able to receive it and say, yes, I take that as a word from God. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to act on that. Praise God. I just a few days ago received a, Received a phone call, a message, and I returned the call. And uh, the lady began to describe to me, and I've made reference to it here a few days ago, but began to describe to me a situation with her, if my memory serves me well, her seven-year-old grandson. And she began to describe how that they felt that he was 
bound or at the very least oppressed by a spirit. And he was institutionalized and they wanted me to come to where he was. I'm talking seven years old in an institution. I'm locked down, got to go in through with passcodes and with permission only to make a visit. And they said, if you'll agree to come and pray for him. She said, I, I'm not of your persuasion. I attend another denominal church, but our church doesn't believe in the power of God to deliver people from this kind of thing. And I know you Pentecostals know how to pray and you know how to touch God. And we need a miracle. And so if you'd come, I don't know anything about you. I've just heard. It's been reported to me that you folks know how to pray. I said, well, I'll come down. And so I didn't really know what to expect and and drove up and met them in the lobby. And and then we walked in and we walked into a room after we went through several doors and back in the back and went and sat down and we're sitting across from one another. The, The boy hasn't been brought into the room yet. And a psychiatrist comes in and begins to tell us about the situation, about how things has been going over the last few days and there's only been this many disruptions and this many things that have happened and, and uh, he's only acted out this many times in, in the last 24 hours and I'm thinking to myself, in the last 24 hours, he's acted out that many times, he's had that many problems. I mean, he couldn't have been awake but about half of that time. And, uh, but uh, they, they felt like that was a little bit of progress and, and he, he began to ask me, he said, well, what, what do you foresee happening here today? And I said, well, I... I just want to pray for him, been asked to pray for him. I said, I want to build a little rapport if possible with him. I said, I promise you, nothing, no, no funny business. We're just here to do God's work. And uh, he said, well, I'm going to bring him in. But I, I'm just telling you now, Reverend, you don't know what to expect. He, he, may, he may act out. He may, he may try to hit you. He may, he, he may get violent. We don't know what he's going to do. And I said, well, that's, that's all right. Just bring him in. And so they, they brought him in. And the boy was just as peaceful. And he went and sat down across from me. And he said, hello. And we started having a conversation. And I said, well, I've been asked to come. I called him by name. And I said, we, we've been asked to come today to pray with you. Would, would you permit me to pray with you? And he said, oh, yes. I mean, just seven, eight years old. And I extended my hand to grip his. And he reached out his hand. And I bowed a knee there beside him and started praying for him. And I felt a peace of God coming to that place. And I could see that psychiatrist, he didn't, he didn't really know what was going on. He didn't, he didn't know what to think of it. He was expecting a big volatile situation and nothing like that was occurring. And, and finally I got up and, and I said, well, I, I believe that we've accomplished what we've set out to do today. I said, we may have to come back or whatever. And I, I just wanted to build some rapport and trust with this child. And, and this is what his parents asked me to do, his grandmother asked me to do. And uh, as I was leaving, he said, I, I appreciate the way that, that you handled that. And uh, he said, uh, it really is amazing what is happening here. And he was leading me out, and, and uh, he was acknowledging that, uh, that there really was something to what was taking place in that room. I'm going to tell you. When God moves in, when God works, when God begins to bring into a chaotic situation his peace, it doesn't matter how 
how out of sorts and it doesn't matter how confused and it doesn't matter what kind of activity in the spirit realm is going on. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Come on, how many believes that? But it all started with a lady that said, you know what, I'm not of your persuasion. I don't go to your church, but I have heard about you apostolics and that you know how to pray and you believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. I said, yes, ma'am, that's the number that we're with. We're those that know how to pray. We're those that know something about the Holy Ghost. We're those that pray in the name of Jesus and believe that God is able to deliver. And I'm happy to pray for your grandson. I'm telling you, if we'll start believing him at his word, if we'll start standing on the word of God, God will start working in our behalf. So I just come to challenge somebody in this room here this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I want to challenge somebody in the spirit here this morning. Maybe the devil's tried to even raise up his head of doubt in your life, even as I've been preaching and tell you no, everybody else, but not you, not your circumstance, not your situation, not, 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 your, not your problem, not, not your deal, everybody else maybe, but not yours. No, no, you've got to have a certain level of faith, and you've got, you've got to be a, a, a certain kind of person to activate the power of God. You've got to have lived righteously for so long to ever get this to really happen for you. I'm going to tell you, that's all hogwash. Amen. That's not the word of God. The word of God tells me that if I can believe the report of the Lord, if I can stand and obey the word of God, I may have to struggle through some things just like Naaman did, but if I could stand on the word of God, that God will work and God will move and God will activate his power in my life. If there's somebody who believes that, why don't you stand with me right now? Raise your hands to the Lord and let's worship him in faith together right now all across this house. Come on, lift up your voice to it. Lift up your voice to it. And let's give praise and thanksgiving and worship unto God right now. Hallelujah. If you got a need, he's a supplier. If you've been praying for a miracle, he is able. I said he's able. Praise God. Now, when you get to preaching like this, you get to talk about what God's able to do, the devil's going to try his very best to shut it down. He's going to do his very best to try to put a vice on this, try to restrict this, or at least do everything he can to inhibit it as much as he can. But I think what I'm preaching here this morning it doesn't have to be just for one or two that grab a hold of it. It can be for this entire congregation if we can some way receive it. Open up the channels, God. Let your spirit move in this place. Let your presence and your power work in this house. God, I pray against every spirit of resistance, every spirit of doubt and unbelief that may try to come in this room. And I pray in the name of the Lord there would be liberty for us to receive, for us to be able to not only hear but to act on 
what we've heard here this morning. Amen. Who hath believed our report? I believe there's people that's going to hear the report of the Lord and they're going to stand in faith. They're going to believe God. Amen. I don't have to see it. I've heard it this morning. I don't already have to have proof of it, but I've heard it here this morning. The Word of God is the only proof that I need. The Word of God is powerful enough to convince me that God is able to do what He said He would do. How many wants a miracle from God? It doesn't have to be a physical miracle. It doesn't have to be a miracle in your body or it doesn't even have to be a miracle that is tangible. It can be something that you need God to do spiritually for you. But God is a miracle worker. Maybe you need him to restore some things and change some things and turn some things around. Maybe you need him to work in some things that up until this point has seemed so impossible. Maybe it's a desire for revival in some fashion in your home or family or your personal life, our church, whatever it is, if we can believe the report of the Lord. I remember Sister Priscilla Magruder. She was dying with cancer. Had a very accelerated type of cancer. And she is weak because of treatments and all kinds of different things. Many of you know her, have heard her sing. I think they've even visited here in Texarkana in the past. One day her husband came in and saw her standing in her bedroom. And she had a Bible, a big family Bible laid out on the floor. And she was standing on top of it. He thought, man, all the treatment... All the things she's been through has finally caused her to snap. She's lost her mind. What are you doing, Priscilla? Tears begin to course down her cheeks. She said, I'm so weak I can't pray. She said, I hardly have any strength in my body. But I thought if I could get this Bible and if I could just crawl up on it and stand on it and stand on the Word of God, that that would be a testament of my faith that God is still in control and that God is still able and God can still work. Can I tell you, you can stand on the Word of God when you can't stand on anything else. When you can't stand on people's Word, you can stand on this Word. When you can't stand on any other thing that is going on in the world, you can stand on the Word of God. Hallelujah. When you can't stand in your own strength, you can stand on the Word of God. When you can't stand in your own ability, you can stand on the Word of God. Is there anybody here this morning that wants to step out where you are and come and stand on the Word of God? Amen. You you want to come and believe and trust in God. I'm not talking about literally but when you come to this front and you stand in this front and you lift up your hands, you're saying God I'm standing on your word. I'm believing in your promises. Whose report have you believed? I'm going to believe amen, in the word of God. I'm going to believe in his promises. I'm going to trust him at his word that he is able to work in my life and do exactly what he is said that he would do for me hallelujah 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's come and believe God. Let's come and believe God. Let's come and trust God today. Let's, let's come and put it in God's hands here this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, come on, reach out to him, church. Lift up your voice to him right now. Call on his name right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I heard it preached this morning that you're a miracle worker, God. I believe that report. I heard it said today that you're a deliverer, God. I believe that report. I heard it said today through the anointing of your word. I heard that you are able to give revival. I believe that report. You're a savior. Oh, I believe it. You're a prayer answer. I believe it today. I believe it today. Let's reach out to him, church. Let's call on his name. Let's don't, let's don't get weary so quickly. Let's, let's press on just a little bit here. There's a miracle for somebody that's willing to break through. Come on, there's, there's God is able to work for somebody to just press a little bit here this morning and trust in Him and believe in Him and put your faith in Him afresh. Stand on His Word.